I'm aware that the people here who are persons here at all different points of their individual spiritual journey. There might be someone who's just beginning to think about God, beginning to ask questions, trying to figure this whole thing out. Still be to you if you don't decide to follow Jesus ever. 
struggle with that. You need to understand, I don't have a struggle with that, but I'll still be friends with you. Right? It's almost like everybody said that. Okay? All right? Okay, good. We're in the middle of the series that I well, actually love it. We talked to the middle, we're on the downhill side, so to speak, of a series called Breathe, Breath of Heaven, Breathe on Us. And the whole point of this is that we desperately need the Holy Spirit. And we want to allow Him to give us a breath of, of heaven fresh air. Uh, the very first week we discovered that we need the Holy Spirit to work in us so that we can experience the blessing of God's kingdom here and now, not someday else in the Bible in the sky, but here and now we can experience this blessing with, through the Holy Spirit. So we pray, Holy Spirit, draw us close. So we pray, whatever it takes, Jesus, fill them with abiding love and the power of your presence in each of you. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit, we've decided to discover that the Holy Spirit begins to do great, loving, wonderful things in us, for us, and through us. And so we pray, come on, Holy Spirit, let's be like you. Last week, uh, we realized that there is more to this world than meets the eye. There's a spiritual dimension around us that you can't see. Um, and so, uh, in that spiritual dimension, there's a war raging. I just, I have a Little picture here. This is a reminder. We we say that we can hike it to the And this is a simple illustration of how limited your vision is. How many people know what the yellow flower is? Daffodils. I think you can see Okay. What's going on the right? Are you right here? Main flower. Start an invasion to reclaim and restore us uh, in this world. 
while he was here, the battle front focused on him. It was wherever Jesus was. That's where the battle was. So if you can ask Lucas on down, it was focused on Lazarus. And if you can look him, it was focused on Jerusalem, where he was standing. If he was out in the desert praying, it was focused on the desert and Jesus, where he was praying. That's where the battle was. It was limited to this location. But then the day of Pentecost came. On the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit to fill each of his followers. And he stopped in the battlefront to wherever any of his followers were. This is a cool thing. He went from the battlefront of one guy. Started with a prayer meeting yesterday at Pentecost. Started with a prayer meeting of 120 people. It ended with a battlefront composed of 3,000 people, and more were being added all the time. Can you imagine? I was an eloquent person. You don't get this. That's okay. Can you imagine being involved in a battle where you went from one front to 3,000 fronts? It lasted 24 hours. Can you call that up there if you're the bad guy? I would. But guess what? It continues to this day all around the world. The battlefront continues to grow and grow. Thousands of people around the world receive Jesus and proclaim him as their king every day. Well, in the spiritual battles of life, we, we discover that if you want to win like Jesus was, you need to fight like Jesus fought. And so last week we prayed, Holy Spirit, make me strong. With all your power. Fill me with endurance and patience. And help me to fight like Jesus. The question for us today is how can you receive the Spirit? We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. He wants to do wonderful things in your life. He has wonderful, loving things He wants to do in you, for you, and through you. Uh, we've asked Him to do life with us. And we, we're in this battle of whether we admit it or not. We're, we're going to be a part of it, and we need to call to do it. And so the question is how can I receive the Holy Spirit? How can I have the Holy Spirit in my life? And we find the answer in the record of the earliest followers of Jesus. We've always had a good part of it this morning. It's just from the book of Acts. It contains the history of how the Holy Spirit came to live in Jesus' disciples. In the opening paragraph, if you read it just a little bit ago, Jesus told his disciples, Wait for the gift my Father promised you, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the second chapter, which we also heard from, walks through the history of how the Holy Spirit came exactly as the Father had promised, as Jesus had told them they had. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly the sound of the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and seemed to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And 
Peter began to preach, so a big crowd showed up trying to figure out what's all this commotion about. And so, uh, Peter, next to talk about it, said that he did that. We're going to hop in to the middle of, in the last part of the sermon. It's in Acts chapter 2, verses 32 and 47. And Peter says, he started talking about how they crucified and killed Jesus. And then he says, God raised him from the dead. And he reminds them again here in verse 30, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. It didn't happen in the past. We saw this, we spent time with him, we know he was dead, and now he's alive. Exalted to the right hand of God, who has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what we now see and hear. Exalted to the right hand of God, who is the foot on the throne of God, the throne of everything. And who has given us the Holy Spirit. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for you. Therefore, Peter says, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, both Master and King. And you killed him. What does Peter didn't say this, but I'm reading it back in his mind, I know. And I deny this. And all my friends deserted him. Correct that. As he's back to say, he didn't say that. It's true for all of us, isn't it? We're next. God made Jesus, Master, Lord, Messiah, King. When people heard this, when they heard, we killed the Messiah, we killed the King. They said, they were kept to the house and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter turns by, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. Many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. I just want to stop for a moment. We just have mercy. People started having a different set of priorities. When the Holy Spirit came into their life, He transformed them, changed their priorities. All of a sudden, they wanted to learn about everything Jesus had ever taught. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And they liked hanging out with each other. Fellowship. And they even became generous. 
offering the sacrifice. And they would sell possession and property to give to those who need it. And that's not the end. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How can we see the Holy Spirit? This is the question we're trying to answer today. Those are some answers in what Peter said. You will receive the Holy Spirit when you welcome Jesus as your King. You will receive the Holy Spirit when you welcome Jesus as your King. There's some things you need to know about Jesus. Some of you, those of you who are just learning, it's okay. Some of you, this is review for some and news for others, okay? First thing you need to know about Jesus is his life. God is in one of us. Completely human. Still completely God, but also completely human. Somebody is calling the 200 percent man. 100 percent God, 100 percent man, 200 percent person. Right? I can do that. And it's one in one. Right? And if Jesus died to kill still a human, he'd be completely human. He lived a life of complete obedience to God's way of living. In contrast to every other human being who lies on their own way, they were all done their own thing. Jesus came and lived a life of complete obedience to God's way. His death, he died. He really died. He didn't pass out. You don't pass out on a cross. Well, you might. But you wake up really abruptly. And uh, you don't pass out like somebody lands a spear through your ribs and into your heart. That's how they make sure you're dead. Spirit. Now you think about that for a minute. This is before they could try to plug you through a thumb thing. That's the whole purpose of the whole thing was to see you again. He was dead. He died. He was crucified. He died a horrible death. In obedience to his father, out of love for us, he died. But there's also the resurrection. He had life. He used life. Complete obedience to the father. His death on the cross. The resurrection. He walked out of a borrowed room. He didn't think he's going to stay. He didn't need it very long. Died on Friday, he walked out of the tomb on Sunday. And there's the coronation. But then I'm not just for him to return to life, he returned to the throne of the universe. The throne that's found in the spiritual dimension that's right next to us to reign as king forever at the right hand of God. That's what you need to know about Jesus. God came. He was one of us. He died for us. He rose again for us. And now He sits on the throne of everything as King of Kings and Lord of Lords for us. Now, you can certainly wrap your mind around all this. I understand, and that's okay. 
point out, you can enjoy a growing relationship with Jesus that forms the biggest thing to die around. It's not about a list of rules that you somehow have to keep. It's about simply being in a relationship with the Spirit who lives in you and helps you to change. What we, what we do is what we've been talking about. If you're struggling to understand this, right? that's okay. Please keep asking questions. You can ask me, you can ask somebody else to look for the answers. But if this is really your concern, if you feel right, let me not be able to explain why I believe this is true, but I believe it's true. And you are probably ready to welcome Jesus as your Savior. And it's just as simple as saying yes to Jesus. Allowing Him to be the one who keeps you on your track. I want you to please think about these two. You're listening to this.